HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. Hi guys, I'm Jamie Oliver and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network, a member-supported podcast network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. This year, HRN is celebrating 10 years of food radio. How amazing. For the past decade, they've been taking you behind the scenes of farms, restaurants, breweries, school cafeterias, and so much more. It's been 10 years, and they're just getting started. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Hello, and welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. This is your host, Elena Santigade. You could say that every episode of Cutting the Curd takes you on a journey in one way or another. Sometimes we go down the rabbit hole with a specific cheese shop and learn about the ins and outs of their business, or we journey to the make room and get into how cheese is made, why certain decisions are made, and how it all impacts the bottom line. On today's show, we're going to get meta with the idea of journeys in cheese. Here in studio with me are Anna Jewell, founder and CEO of Cheese Journeys, and Sylvain Jamois, private chef and cooking instructor on most of the Cheese Journeys tours that Anna's company produces. Anna, Sylvain, welcome to Cutting the Curd. Thanks, great. Great to be here. Yeah. So Cheese Journeys is essentially a food tourism business. That's sort of how I think about it. It's a curated travel for the tourophile. That's, that's like exactly. maybe a new t-shirt for you, by the way. Like it. Small group tours through the greatest cheesemaking landscapes in the world. For you cheese lovers out there, if you haven't yet ogled over the itineraries on their website, you're in for a treat or potentially severe FOMO, depending on your mindset. So um, let's start. let's start with... What are your current Cheese Journeys destinations? What Cheese Journeys do you offer as a business right now? You're right. So for 2019, we have about nine tours on our schedule. Mm. Uh, we have three tours in the making that will finish up next year and into 2020. But we start April 1, and we're back in the U.K. Okay. Uh, for a five-day immersion in, in uh, Somerset with the Cheddar Odyssey. We leave there, and we head to Holland mm-hmm. for our first Amsterdam Netherlands tour with Lemuse, Bosca people, mm. Beamster. Oh my gosh! Uh, it's party! A, it's party animals all around. They all 
ultimate experience. <laughs> and literally, I've been working on this project for about three years. So thrilled to be able to go there during tulip season. Uh-huh. We'll leave there, uh, have a little break, and then we're heading back to France for two private tours with Fairfield Cheese Company and mm-hmm. their uh, anniversary celebration and their guests. Mm-hmm. We'll be back in France again with Sylvain in July with St. James Cheese Company and mm-hmm. some of their people. And then in the fall, we're heading to Italy twice. Uh, we'll be in Bra for the Bra Cheese Festival. Oh and then we're going to go on back to England. And also our new tour that's going to be great in October will be a long weekend getaway in Asheville and Charlottesville, North Carolina. Oh, cool. A great new uh, tour itinerary that we're looking forward to. Yeah, budding cheese scene there. Exactly. And some great beer. Ooh, definitely. Yeah. Where there's good cheese, I feel like there's also really great beer. Yeah, some great people. I mean, there's some built-in pairings there on your journeys, right? Oh, yeah. So, okay, uh, how do you decide where to go? I mean, some of these are like the pillars of, of cheese destinations. You know, the Somerset, England, to me, is like Mecca in terms of being a cheddar lover. It's like you have to go there. But how do you coordinate, like, how do you curate that list of where you really want to take people. Yeah, every tour that we build is a very customized, curated type of experience. So I look in my repertoire of relationships that I have with cheese makers Mm -hmm. and some of the most favorite places that I've ever been. Mm -hmm. Of course, we're looking for a very cheese-centric, logistically manageable area that we believe and know that cheese makers are hospitable and love to have us come visit Mm -hmm. and our favorite destinations for other people. One of the other things that's a signature piece that I try to build in almost every tour is that we have a destination piece of property that we come and stay at. Mm. That's not always easy to do, but of course in um, Somerset we have North Cadbury Court with the Montgomerys. In France we're a week in a beautiful thousand-year-old chateau that we take over. Hmm. And that lends to this very intimate kind of travel experience where you come and go with the group. And the evenings are family-style meals, cheese education, uh, wine, chef teaching, all of those kind of things that I just love that we Mm -hmm. have that. And that's a critical piece in most of our tours. So walk us through sort of the the tour elements. You know, you've got that critical piece. What what happens on your tours? Paint a picture for us in terms of what are the critical elements that are going to, if somebody's curious to go on a cheese journey, what are they what are they going to find? Right. Well, all of our guests uh, travel to the start of the, des- the destination location mm-hmm. on their own. Right. Um, we start that tour, for instance, in London and England, Geneva in France or, or um, in Philadelphia there. We start into the tour in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But we start right away with this immersion into, you know, not just the, the cheese and the hands-on experience of maybe in France heading up to the Jura and going to uh, Marcel Petit and, of course, the mm. you know Cathedral of Comte, 100,000 wheels yeah, of, this of Comte. Is, this is a former military stronghold now filled with cheese. Exactly. It's, it's just truly <laughs> life-altering, right? And uh, So you go right to some iconic thing like yeah, that, kind of check yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah, meet the local people, spend time, you know, in, in as it, we mentioned in the Chateau, we're often with uh, chef teaching. So there's this nice mix of some day tripping mm-hmm. to uh, farms and locations, creameries, uh, foodie-type experiences, but also some stay back, hang out at the Chateau, and bring those things to us. Right. So guests don't feel compelled to always be racing through this, you know, eight to 12 day experience. Right. Totally. So you sort of have this 
relaxing at home, like home away from medieval home sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, and you have this relaxing experience while, where Sylvan creates this kind of like this warm, you know, lay back, have a happy hour while we roast this pig. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> that's it. That's pretty yeah. much what happens. Yeah. I believe, and listeners, full disclosure here, I went, I was lucky enough to go on, what was it, the first? The first. The very first cheese journey. You were a guinea pig. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how I wish to be a guinea pig again someday. It was amazing, and we did go to Somerset, and Sylvain was the the cook, the chef with us, and we had, you know, even then, on your first trip, really trying things out, it it was a trip of... Cheese professionals. Yes, that um, was. I think it was, everybody was mm-hmm. working in the cheese industry, right? Yeah. And um, so we, we, you know, we really had even that balance, even on the first trip. I remember so distinctly hanging out in Jamie Montgomery's house and relaxing like we lived there, which was a dream of all dreams. Having him drop by, hang yeah. out, chat cheese. Totally. Yeah, that was pretty special. And yeah. then go out and about and, you know, go on these big adventures visiting cheesemakers all over that area. Yeah, and I think since even that tour, you know, one of my other signature things that we've added is usually always bringing a cheese educator with us. So mm. maybe a co-host, right. um, often Tanaya Darlington, Madame Fromage, mm-hmm. next year she'll be with us four times. So we're teaching and talking cheese, even in those down times with, right. with various types of classes. Yeah, you sort special. of have this built-in resource, in a sense, for, yeah. for folks on the tour where... They can, you know, you sometimes you get to go to a cheese class or something and you ask a cheese p- expert some questions for an hour or so. But imagine on your whole vacation getting to ask any cheese question that comes to mind. <laughs> and Sylvan, when you cook for these um, cheese journeys, do you find that people jump in the kitchen with you? Are you doing demos and sort of teaching cooking methods or is it a mixture of... Yeah, we do a, a mixture of mm-hmm. all this, but we always uh, make sure we're building at least uh, two classes that are designa- designated mm. times where we have a, a specific recipe that we're working to create. Uh-huh. And it's always, always something that the guests are going to be eating that night or the next day. So there's a, Got it. There's a real purpose to it. They get the satisfaction of yeah, and consuming say, look, you know, their own creations. We've been making fresh pasta or, or puff pastry mm-hmm. for the beef wellington, all sorts of things like that. So it's, it's relevant to the menu. Totally. But equally, when there's a bit of downtime, if people are happy to you know, come into the kitchen and, mm-hmm. and hang with us and maybe... Well, it won't be so exciting as making puff pastry, but you know they just get they just muck in and peel some potatoes. Yeah, maybe chop a little onions. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and just yeah. and just chat to us about the dishes we're making, have mm. a glass of wine. So it's very relaxed yeah. uh, atmosphere in the kitchen. We're not these kind of tyrannical chefs who will <laughs> you know, beat people out of the kitchen. We're very happy to have people walk in and out. Well, in that sense, it also kind of gives it this feeling of a home kitchen where you're living exactly. in the kitchen together and kind of hanging out and yeah them. and, and all, a lot of the venues we have have pretty large kitchens so it right. has the space oh i remember uh, the kitchen in jamie montgomery's house my, well the, i think yeah. my apartment is about half the size of that kitchen exactly <laughs> it's the <laughs> ultimate dream catering kitchen okay so who goes i mean i know the trip that i went on was so unique and that it was your first and it was a group of professionals who were kind of invited to go as guinea pigs to help help shape this business you were building. But who is going on these trips at this point? You have mentioned that there are sort of 
three different segments, it seems. Like there's just a, a you know, trip that anybody can sign up for. Cheese enthusiast, whoever you want. Um, it seems like there's these private trips. I'm curious hearing more about those that are shop specific. And then there's professional trips. And so what type of people are in each one? I'm super curious about the cheese enthusiast one, most of all. You know, I love that group because it's like for any of us who've been a cheese shop owner over the years, can you totally stereotype a cheese lover? <laughs> no, <they're, laughs> they come from every cloth, from every walk of mm. life. We can have chemists, we can have geeks, we can have, you know, uh, hospitality specialists, people mm. who really have a very knowledge, a good, strong knowledge of cheese. Right. And we can have some who have zero knowledge of cheese and some, their spouse or someone drugged them along. Mm-hmm. And what's so rewarding is to put this blend of people together and see real, you know, the artist of, you know, people like uh, my host, my co-host, Sylvan, see them work with this type of people yeah, and get them all at this level where they finish in that period of time so passionate and enthused right. about cheese and the whole artisanal food world. That's do amazing. You, do you find that the people's expectations are much different than what actually happens on a cheese journey, especially for that, you know, for a cheese professional, you kind of know what to expect. You're going to walk into a cheese making room. You're going to have a hairnet on, put the booties on your shoes and you're going to learn about cheese. But in terms of the enthusiasts expectations, what, what do you think they think coming into it and how does, how are they changed afterwards? I'm so curious. Yeah. You can imagine Again, because they come from various levels, we as a company try to really reach out and spend time with our guests prior to the tour mm-hmm. to provide them with information. So they, um, what I think maybe has a reason, could provide them a reasonable expectation as to what they could uh, have. So do you almost store? do like cheese one hundred and one, like give them some info on you know yeah, just well, working vocabulary that kind of thing? Uh, our packet of information that we send out to them when before they travel now is pretty extensive mm. with a good overview. But also what's as, as important as that is a questionnaire. Mm. Questionnaire where they ans- the, I ask the questions and they answer so that we have a good baseline of where they're coming from I and see. what their knowledge level is. Right. Often people will think, oh, this is exactly like a wine tour. Mm. And though there may be a few similarities... Yes, you know, the cheese world is a whole different animal. You know, we're tromping around on a farm and where the cheese culture, the people there are very different than wine culture. And I think for them to understand when the the takeaway, when they have that experience, then they go back to their cheese shop or wherever. And they now have this connection with the story, with the people, with the history, the culture. And now they know why that cheese is special and it's expensive and it, how yeah, they can use they probably, it. Probably, I would, I would guess they never complain about the price ever again. No, they so see <laughs> how these people work very hard right. and what's involved, especially if we're talking about cheeses in Europe, but mm-hmm. anywhere to get it to them and ha- they have access to it, a very right. perishable product, right. very unique totally. uh, for them. And I think what that does for them. Is is very it's awe inspiring. I think I've never mm. had people come home and say, "Oh, I I don't get what all the hype is about." Right. They get it, right. and I think it's that's been nice for cheese shop owners mm-hmm. that I've worked closely with. When they come home with uh, cheese customers mm. that have had that opportunity that typically is only available for professionals, 
they're probably their best customers. They be, they'll they'll yeah. be customers for life. It makes their job easier, and I think a very rewarding shopping experience for many of those customers. Right. I I hear from them. They come home and they'll they'll build their new cheese board, and they right. have their expanded <laughs> list of favorites. That's so That's sweet. Neat. So how many people have how many regular like repeat cheese journey attendees have you had? And you have have you had people come on multiple trips? Yeah, we have. We uh, had just some people that were traveling with us two years ago in France joined us in England this past year. Mm-hmm. We've got people that uh, were in England are now heading to Amsterdam. Hmm. A variety of yeah. Wow, it's very cool. Very cool. Um, tell us a little bit about the professional groups. I'm curious of. Who ends up coming on those? You know, for me, I think a big question, I'm sure this is a big question for our listeners, is like, this sounds like like a luxury tour. Mm-hmm. You know, it could this could easily get into like high, high, high-end luxury. But the assumption, I think, would be that for professional tours, maybe it's lower cost, or is it just different? Or um, I'm curious, like, how you appeal to professionals and what even that word means in your right. definition. Right, I think... There is, you know, as you and I know, that within the world of cheese, professionals mm-hmm. in the U.S., there are a mix of different types. Mm-hmm. There are cheese shop owners. There are cheese makers themselves, managers, mongers. Right. And then all those, you know, in various other functioning, in various other capacities. Typically, our tours are not necessarily just uh, something that a monger mm-hmm. maybe would reach out and, and travel with us. Right. But we have had many mongers traveling. Uh-huh. But they are maybe the price point is a little bit high for them. Right. Or they have limited time and resources right. to be able to take that much time the off and travel. The sad realities of, yeah. of cheesemongering in the U.S. is the mm-hmm. woeful lack of vacation time, among yeah. others, and low pay, to be honest. I also have a lot of people who are in the wine industry who are wanting to learn about cheese mm. or expand into that. Who might be like a, wine educators who yep. feature cheese in their classes and stuff like that. And they that. want uh, maybe their spouse is traveling with them or mm. a cheese shop is bringing their spouse. They no longer, the days are over where they're going on a distributor type tour, you know, right. 10 locations in five days, you know, a very right. fast pace. Right. They are looking for more of a indulgent, slow down cultural experience that their family, their spouse, or whoever could enjoy that experience as well. And have you ever had, one thing I was thinking of, and listeners, if any of you shop owners or, uh, you know, managers are listening here, this, I want to plant a seed. And I'm wondering, Anna, if anyone has, has helped their staff go, if you know of any, um, you know, as a perk, as a professional perk in terms of like subsidizing part of the trip, has that happened at all on the professional groups? We have something similar to that happen pretty often. I work closely with various shops when we offer a five-for-one type program. So mm. if they assist us with some marketing campaign to get the word out to their cheese enthusiast customers, right? we appreciate that because I think we share that customer base. Right. And as a shop owner for years, I know I had a limited budget to educate my staff on cheese. Right. So Cheese Journeys is committed to be able to give back Mm -hmm. to those cheese shops by if a number of their their guests come, we put a plan together, and then they go at a reduced rate or they come, you know, as educators, that type of thing. So there's an incentive for them to be involved with the program because I think it's mutually beneficial. Mm -hmm. And for many of those shop owners, when I speak to them, they say, oh, I have 
have customers that come in. Where do I get the best uh, cheese here or there? Or if you've been over to Italy, where would you recommend I go? And the cheese shop owner is saying, I'm so busy. I have no time for planning tours, right? right so when they know that we can custom curate something for them, right. kind of bring them along. A package. Yeah, and provide that support and education for their customers. It's win-win. Very cool. Listeners, we're going to take a quick break for our cheesy sponsors and for some updates from the Heritage Radio Network, of course. And we'll be back in just a moment. My name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm Elena Santigade, and today's show is all about cheese journeys, the company and the actual real-life journeys they orchestrate. In this second half of the show, I'm curious to hear more about Anna and Sylvan's personal journeys alongside the business. Now, um, we've been talking about the, the, the journeys themselves, the business, the people who are going on them. Um, I'm curious, especially from Sylvan, from more of like a food preparation background, and you also have a cheese background, right? You were at Neil's Yard for some time? That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was there for nearly three years. Oh, so cool. Best, best place. Oh, gosh. It was an amazing place <laughs> to work, and it, it, it's really governed the rest of my life. It was actually a chance mm. thing for me to work there. I was studying fashion. Ah. And I needed a job for two months oh, in the summer. Oh, this story. Oh, this story. Yeah. This is every every cheese person. It no, really is it's amazing. True. It's like we all sort of back, we stumble into the hole in the ground that is the career in cheese, right? <laughs> exactly. It was, it was just and a summer lives. job. And then it was so good working there. Yeah, I'm and, sure. And uh, well, I had no no background really right. in, in cheese. In fact, when I went for to inquire if they had a position. Mm-hmm. I saw the manager at Neil's Yard in the Covent Garden branch, mm-hmm. and she, she just said to me, do you have any knowledge of cheese? Do you, how, how, how much do you know? And I said, nothing, but I love it. Mm. And she said, okay, oh, you got the job. That's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it all started. So now you have your own private um, sort of chefing business. Is that... Is that what you're you're sort of doing private cooking events on your own, and then also partnering partnering with Anna on cheese journeys? Yeah, so I do uh, in fact quite a few things now. I do catering right. for small and large events, although I'm not doing so much of that. I've been branching out into teaching. I mm. set up a cookery school with a friend for teenagers. Very cool. And and this is not to teach them to become chefs. It's just more to teach them good life skills before they go to uni. Yeah. So I do a lot how of to that. Take, how to feed themselves and take care of the basics. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. and, and how That's to be helpful. thrifty and eat healthy food yeah. on a budget, on yes. a student budget oh, and so on, without you know succumbing to the really easy options of uh, frozen pizzas right. and all that kind of stuff. Ramen. So, well, you know, and, and just <laughs> cooking proper food doesn't have to be expensive. So right. that's what we uh, arm them with. There. And then um, uh, teaching in schools as well for little children. Um, and then the, the sort of private catering right. and food styling. So it's right. very varied. Yeah. Um, and also, well, a few times a year go abroad with Anna right. and, and cook amazing food. And how has... I mean, has the cheese journeys, working with Anna on cheese journeys, has that experience changed your perception of cheese as an ingredient or even just as a product in and of itself? Uh, n- not not really, but what has been amazing is is hearing all the stories of, mm. of 
the producers. I mean, uh, unfortunately, I never get to go <laughs> to these amazing <laughs> oh, that's places. True. Sylvan is so cooking the food like, while they're stay, off. Uh... Stay at home. <laughs> um, but of course, being involved in that world, you 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 impart you know, new knowledge all the time, and it has made me much more enthusiastic about the cheese industry because I think in the last few years I wasn't so focused on it mm. and now it's really given me a real you know thirst for knowledge mm. to get back into it and do you find that I know that you've so we're here in studio in Roberta's in the in the container in the back of Roberta's in Brooklyn and you've had a few days you've had a week actually I think in New York uh, in the U.S. Yes. on this little trip that you guys are on um so I'm curious of your thoughts on like the cheese scene as you've seen it over this little stretch, this little visit you're doing. Because you're doing a very cheese-focused visit, it sounds like. You've oh, been definitely. to the cheese ball in Pencil- in, down in Philly. Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen, I've, I've visited a few cheese shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, De Bruno's been one of them. Oh. And, um, and I've tasted, in fact, I wasn't really tasting any Italian or French cheeses when I was there. Mm-hmm. And the American cheeses I've tasted are have been amazing. Yeah. I mean, That's some of good. the ones I've, I've tried would easily sit on a cheese board with their European counterparts. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Uh, and that was amazing. That was amazing because I've not really tried many of these uh, U.S. cheeses before. Right, right. And then the scene itself seems to be really vibrant. I mm-hmm. mean, the cheese ball was amazing. Mm-hmm. There were 300 people there. Wow. The enthusiasm from the cheese makers. Um, I've met a few of those now. I'm lucky mm-hmm. enough. Some of them on cheese journeys. Right. Yeah, there seems to be a really, really good uh, vibrant scene that can, can only grow. Right. Yeah. How would you say it compares to what you experienced back in the day on the counter at Neil's Yard? Well, actually, going into the Italian market, uh, the Bruno's on the, the, Italian, Ninth, Italian Street ma- the Ninth Street store, oh. was an institution. almost like walking back into the Covent Garden store of, um, of, of Neil's Yard. There was that, that mm. uh, level of enthusiasm and knowledge. And, and also, I saw people there guiding customers through the shop, because often customers might not know exactly what they want right. when they walk in. And I could see the mongers there would be able to kind of whittle it down to the, right. you know, it was, it was amazing to see. Yeah. It's a like very a, similar experience huh. to, to what I remember. That's really neat. Mm. That's, that's fun that like the same sort of spirit can exist oh, in yeah. two such different locations, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's an element of, of chaos in there yes. as well. You yes. know, and and that, I love chaos. that. Oh yeah. Good chaos. Organized <laughs> chaos. Organized chaos. Lots of amazing produce kind of on every single shelf. Yeah. And, uh, and that was that was amazing to see. Totally. Mm. Wow. So, Anna, you know, in terms of like while we're thinking about impressions and cheese scenes and stuff. So how many years have you been doing the tours now at this point? Is four years? Five. Five, five years. years five? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, and what have you seen in terms of ha- have you seen a change in the your customers, you know, sort of like, has there been a change in their level of knowledge and their level of expectation of what cheese is or should be or how precious or not precious it is or how fancy it might be thought of? I'm curious, like, I think in the U.S. the the cheese 
uh, landscape is changing. It sometimes feels like it's changing so quickly. And so over five years, have you, do you feel like you've seen a, a difference in the approach among your customers? Oh, so much, especially in the last couple of years, mm. I would say, you know, initially when I built kind of my targeted marketing business plan, I thought of East Coast shop and cheese enthusiasts that had access, you know, to cheese that maybe other areas of the country, that would be all of my customers, East Coast, West Coast, you know, those pocket areas, right, right. that we all know where they were a little bit more advanced and, and experienced in cheese and artisanal food. But what's remarkable now is to be able to take people from the Midwest, mm. you know, or yeah. rural areas or see what's happening in the Southeast. Right. Right. Right on this new North Carolina trip. The whole North Carolina thing just surprised me uh, in well, so many that, ways. Where did that idea come from? Because it, I mean, it's like a lot of people say, oh, go to Wisconsin or go to Vermont or California. But yeah, well, How I have a that gal that works up? with me who's Charlotte-based, and of course we know um, Orman's Cheese Shop mm -hmm. in Charlotte, and pretty soon the whole beer scene, I kind of wanted to do a locals four-day, five-day tour, and I had people from that area calling me saying, we want this kind of experience, can you build it? Mm. And that's fun. Mm -hmm. When people start to hear about what you're doing, there's no... And to where we can go and take people to learn about food and cheese, that's a given. But I think when you see these pl unique places that are emerging right. that I would not have thought of as being real destination spots for like the whole U.S. But right. of course, the synergy of beer, cheese, and all of what's going on down there. Right. Also, like in Vermont, we have a beautiful tour scheduled for next August in right. Vermont. And uh, Concord Cheese Shop, um, Peter oh, up there, yeah. is uh, you know supporting that project as well as other shops. So there's so many great places, but it's interesting where our customers are coming. They're not mm. just from the stereotype locations that you mm -hmm. would think. That's cool. Very neat. And you know, in terms of your own personal expectations, I'm curious, like what what initially got you into this idea? I know you, you, you were, your family is deeply immersed in the cheese industry and has been for how long? long <laughs> Ever? Time. I know. It's um, funny how that all ha evolved, you yeah. know? Yeah. So what is your, what was your inspiration for even starting this project? And do you feel like it remains your motivation or has it changed? No, I think it's maybe refined a little bit, mm -hmm. but the same. Uh, in many ways, it's funny how I, I always tell people, most of us, I think, especially in the cheese world, we may have more than one passion in our life. Mm -hmm. And so at certain points in my life, I was a project developer for hospitals as an RN. Mm. So love that experience, love those years. Uh -huh. But when I also had my cheese shop, Gourmet Food, and I was deeply active traveling when I was young growing up, I had a father who was always off the grid, taking us to faraway places, <laughs> even when it wasn't um, something that was typical. Uh -huh. And when I got to a certain point in my life, I said, it's all about doing what you enjoy doing mm. and having that passion that makes you get up in the morning and, and want to enjoy that and share that with people. Right. And so it was about looking at yourself and saying, okay, this is all about, we live in a time now where the, the food travel is very uh, popular. We All of those things with... Uh, what we see today happening in the U.S. with the Food Network and people mm -hmm. are on their phones, they're traveling, they know about international foods. Right. Things come together at the right time for this. And uh, it was something where cheese and travel just kept pulling me back. Mm. It was how I like to travel. Yeah. It was how I was called to do. I, I get calls all the time from friends and family who'll say, 
can you take me here and can you help plan a trip and can you, you know? <laughs> and pretty soon I realized that's what I do. Yeah. And yeah. I love that. So you that. were basically doing it and then you realized, oh, I should like really do this. I should really do that. <laughs> and then the other piece of that, I think as a retail shop owner, I, I, I felt the value or the need, the compelling need to always be educating the customer. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? Right. A shop owner can only do that so much. Right. A monger can only do that so much. Mm-hmm. Creating an opportunity where people can travel and learn about these cheeses yeah. is very special. Mm. And then I think the opportunity it creates for cheese makers mm-hmm. to showcase what they do, tell their story. That's a valuable piece that right. we have gained so much learning from them. Hmm. They learn from us, that exchange. It's nice. That's so great. Well, we are at the end of our show. I can't believe it. We've had our own little cheese journey right here in the studio. (laughs) Um, Anna, Sylvan, thank you so much for joining me in the studio here at Roberta's. It's been great. So one more thing before we go. What's the best way for listeners to learn more about cheese journeys and follow vicariously, even if they aren't able to join in themselves? Well, follow us first on social media, Facebook yeah. and uh, Instagram is great, uh, Cheese Journeys. Okay. Also, check out our website, cheesejourneys.com. All of the tours, itineraries, information, details about Sylvan and his life and what he's cooking and what we've got going, you'll find that on the website. Very neat. Email us anytime. Okay, great. So listeners, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more Cutting the Curd. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. I